0: What's going on, fellow gamers? This is Paul here. As always, I'm joined with Michael and Josh. We are currently in the middle of our Christmas break to spend time with our families, and we will be back with fully new episodes starting January 9th. But we have chosen a couple of our favorite episodes to re-release along with these introductions. So this one here is a bonus round episode where all three of us broke down our top 10 favorite games of all time. It is actually the very first episode that Michael recorded with us, After he joined us permanently, he had been a guest host a few times before. And I remember that we loved the idea of doing this with Michael for his first episode on because it kind of just lets everyone know what kind of gamer we all are. And that's a great introduction here with Michael. So, as you guys, uh, you know, kind of reflect back on this episode, I was kind of curious to know if there were maybe any changes to your list that you would make. Uh, initially, Michael submitted a list that just said "Missed ten times." I told him <laughs> that we needed a little bit more diversity. Uh, but Michael, as you reflect back on this episode, what do you want the people to know?
1: Yeah, there's like ten re-releases of Myst. so they each <laughs> counted. <laughs> True story. Um, man, th- this is great to look back because you know we recorded this episode what, ten months ago? And this yeah. list is still pretty solid for me. Like I, I don't know if I can spoil it or not, but my number one game was Oblivion. It's still Oblivion, I think, but I'm I think that's just not now like that game is impossible to play now to the level that we played back then because it's very dated and so forth um I think if I were to take this list and change a few things around though I think that my nostalgia pick of Oregon Trail 1992 as much as it warmed my heart to think of that game and put it (laughs) on this list would fall off because I would have to make room for Disco Elysium and I would have to make room for Cyberpunk. Those two games have to be on this list for me. They are incredible games. I didn't have the opportunity to play them before we deep dove them on the show, and so a couple would fall off. Um, ironically enough, Elite Dangerous might go up on this list a little bit. I have it at number eight, and it's it's so crazy that you know uh, halfway through this this year. We did a deep dive on this. Y'all hated it. Like, hate is... Mm-hmm. <laughs> some people say hate's a strong word. Like, like you know, your kindergarten teacher's like, hate's hey, too strong a word. You can't use that. It's like, no, hate's not strong enough a word for how you guys feel about this game. And love is not strong enough a word for how I feel about this game. So I think that'd go up a little bit. But the rest of the games are pretty solid. I think Horizon Zero Dawn will come down just a little bit to make room for probably Cyberpunk and... Um, And that's really about it. Like it's, it's a good list and I'm happy that I made it. I'd like to do this episode again sometime too, just to see how it all falls in, in place.
0: Yeah. What about you, Josh? How do you feel about your list now? Looking back at it 10 months later. I'm feeling pretty
1: darn good, to be honest. Um, I, I think we actually say in this episode, and if we don't, I'm saying it now that a, you know a top ten list is probably going to fluctuate. Anytime you get a list of like, hey, what's your top this or your top that, I feel like it's always going to shift a little bit, just kind of you know depending on your mood or what you've played recently and stuff like that. I will say that we did this before we did the Cyberpunk 2077 deep dive again. Um, mm-hmm. because it was, it had been two years since the release of Cyberpunk 2077. That game would absolutely make my top 10 list at this point. Oh, nice. Cyberpunk yes. is now, it was not back then, but now is honestly a marvel to me in how beautiful that game is. It's technologically impressive. The story is super good. It takes so many different elements and just combines them in such a memorable way. So I think it actually would make my top 10. I would probably drop <clears throat> Street Fighter or Super Mario 64 off of there. A um, little bit of nostalgia on some of these older games. Michael mentioned Disco Elysium. Phenomenal game. I don't know that it would make my list. I think there's a little bit of recency bias, you know, having played that this year. Um, but otherwise, I'm feeling pretty good, man. I'm looking over all these and I'm just kind of checking. I'm like, yep, yep, yep. But I think Cyberpunk needs to be on there for me.
0: Yeah. I remember I did not have any real strategy when I made my list. I just started listing my favorite games and very quickly realized almost all of them were open world RPGs. (laughs) I think there's only one or two that are not. And as I look at my list, the only thing that I would change at this point, I would take off Super Mario World. I, I really wanted a Mario game on my list and I put it on there. I realize now in hindsight, that was a mistake. That game should fall off my list. And The Last of Us Part 1 absolutely needs to be in my top 10. Uh, I played it again this year. It was the first time in a while. And the first 20 minutes of The Last of Us are my all-time favorite 20 minutes in a video game. It is indescribable how good the opening of The Last of Us is. So I went through that game with my wife this year. I'd put that in, drop off Super Mario World. Otherwise, I'm still really happy about my list uh cyberpunk's on there as well josh we got a little bit of overlap there all three of us are uh, we have the witcher three on there so you're gonna hear us talk a lot about that also and uh yeah i think that's all that we really need here as as far as introduction goes i do have to ask michael before you hit that music oh you pl-
1: you've you played god of war 2018 recently and you claimed it was one of the best games you've ever played would it make your top 10 list oh i i think it probably would Okay, um, I was just curious because you know you admit, again recency bias. I get that. Yeah, and you just got done playing it, but looking at your list, you don't have God of War on there anywhere. So I was just curious, like if you would now put it on your list. I think so. It's it's tough to say if recency bias has a play in this or not, but this this year, it's possible that Cyberpunk. Uh and God of War would all like upset my list and my list has a lot of old games on it too which is crazy like there's a lot of really old games GoldenEye 007 Oblivion Mist are my top three none of those games look good now <laughs> You know what I mean? And Oregon so, Trail
0: needs to die of dysentery. That know, one definitely needs it to did. go.
1: Yeah. And then, and so when you <laughs> talked about making your list of just listing a top, you know, like long list all the games, I did that, but I also kind of added in some categories. I think I talk about it in the show. Like, this is my nostalgia pick. Like, I has to be here because of this. I think it'd be hard for God of War 2018 to not make the list. That being said, Ragnarok is probably going to follow up in the top 20 because that game yeah. was amazing, um, but not nearly as prolific as God of War 2018.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get this one started. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are a group of dads who love gaming, and we get together and release two episodes every week where we deep dive individual games or we break down recent gaming news or we tackle a particular question or subject about gaming. Today, we are going to be breaking down our individual top 10 games of all time. Before we get into that, I would like to remind you all to please rate our podcast 5 stars on Apple and Spotify, leave us a written review on Apple, and come check out our Patreon page at MultiplayerSquad.com. Our independent podcast is funded entirely by our listeners and you can help support our shows there starting at $5 a month. I am your host Paul and joining me today, he's definitely in my top 10 podcast co-hosts. It's Josh. Uh am I in the top 5, Paul? You, you are in the top 5, right, Josh. I'm good.
1: I you know, I'm not I'm not a hard man to
0: please, so <laughs> And then We have a very special announcement. We have a third person on the show. Now, you've heard him before. He was a guest host on previous episodes like Character You'd Most Like to Have a Beer With, Best RPG of All Time, Best Game Set in Space of All Time. But what's extra exciting about today is that he is no longer a guest host. He is the permanent co-host of the show moving forward. It's Michael. Holy cow! You know how hard it was for me to not say a word during the intro, and not
1: spoil that with the. I mean, everyone knows the nasally voice. I have something that I have to say real fast. Um, which, of course, in my native tongue, means I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much, guys. I am so gracious to be a part of this family. And holy cow, I did it! i want this show all those all those months of patreon
0: pledges finally paid off for you (laughs) see that
1: everyone be an epic supporter that's all you gotta do (laughs) that's not yeah
0: oh man we are so excited to have you here michael you know the the people demanded that we make you the third co-host and who are we to say no you know we were we were more than happy to bring you on people were calling for it we love having a third person to be able to bounce ideas off of and so if this is anyone's first episode this is kind of a perfect topic because, Michael, now that you're a permanent co-host, we get to hear your individual top 10 games of all time. This is going to let us all know what kind of gamer you are. This is like a true test to see wh- what kind of games you're into.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be really interesting because uh, if you've listened to previous episodes, you know that I'm not a big fan of FPS, but I did surprise myself a little bit on this list. So stay tuned, listen to the whole Ooh. episode, and maybe you'll see one or two uh, showing up in there a little bit i also want to know what kind of gamer michael is to see if we've made the right decision or not <laughs> uh, josh i'm a bad one i'm terrible at most games so. right, hey anything that makes me look better is fun, right is fun right all of my games are like designed for three or four year olds it's like just games where you have two buttons you push them in sequential order and i do very well
0: yay me Uh, There's nothing wrong with that, even if that were the case, even though I know you are joking. (laughs) All right. So this is a really exciting bonus round idea. So a couple of weeks ago, Josh and I covered in one of our This Week in Gaming episodes that IGN released their top 100 games of all time. Now, that is the list that they update every couple of years because that is based on their current staff. And we talked a little bit about what games we thought were kind of bananas showing up on that list, talking about what we thought. And one of our listeners submitted questions came in from Frodo Garfield, who said, Hey, I was listening to the IGN Top 100 Games of All Time episode, and I was wondering, what are your guys' individual Top 10 games? So we all decided to come up with our own Top 10 We have not shared very much. The only thing that we have shared with one another are simply our top threes. That way, if we do have any overlap, we will hold off and talk about those games at the end. So basically what we're going to do is we're just going to start going around. We're going to start at our number tens. If anyone has a game that shows up on their list, we'll pipe up and share that. And then we'll talk about the game for a little bit. And we're just going to whittle it down until we all cover our top three games. Sound good to you guys? You excited for this? I am very excited.
1: This was also, (laughs) this was super hard. So Frodo
0: Garfield,
1: you gave us a ton of homework, man. (laughs) I'm the kind of person where I generally
0: wing things. I struggled so hard with this list. You you know, uh, I know Michael really struggled with it also. Um, Michael freely told us who his favorite child was and yet could not make his list of top 10 favorite games. Michael literally told us five seconds before recording that he was scratching his number 10 and replacing it with another game. That's true. So this is a, this is very difficult, I think, especially for Michael. It was really hard. I had
1: 62 games that, like... That was my short list. That was the list that I came up with of, like, these are all in my top 10, right? And the funniest thing is, you know when you just, like, nonchalantly talk movies or music and you're like, oh, man, yeah, Shawshank Redemption, definitely my top 10. And I'm like, how many times have I said that for 62 different video games? I probably have because it, this was hard. Yeah. Yes. That I was. That's the same thing I had is my list started off. I didn't go as crazy as 62. Uh, I went, like, 20. And then I was constantly <laughs> shuffling games in and out. And then there were games where I was like, I absolutely love this game, but is it in my top ten? And then I'd be like, Yeah, it is. It's it's definitely and then I'd go, Oh, no, it's not really a top ten of all time game. Yeah. It's just a really great video game. And yeah, so I I don't know, did you struggle, Paul? I feel like Paul would just be like, Oh, I always know my top ten games. <laughs>
0: I, my short list was 16 and I was pretty easily able to whittle off like three or four of them. I really just struggled a little bit with that, like nine to 12 range. I did keep making fun of you guys because I think you each messaged me five or six times throughout the day saying, I don't know how I'm going to make this top 10 list. And meanwhile, mine's just been sitting on my desktop for like yeah. the last four days. Uh, that doesn't so. surprise me. <laughs> no, mine was like the whole weekend Um, plus And how did you
1: guys make your list? I literally went through my Steam library. I went through my PlayStation library. I went through my Xbox Game Pass. And then I just thought of everything from before that and just said,
0: this one goes on there. This one goes on
1: there. And that's what 62 was.
0: That is exactly what I did, except I also consulted two or three lists online of like the top 100 games just to make sure there was nothing that I rented or borrowed from a friend and then kind of whittled it all down now I know I don't know about you guys when I looked at my top 10 I definitely saw some patterns and I was like (laughs) oh okay there's very clearly one type of game that I really like So, I don't know if you guys noticed any patterns in yours, but seven out of my top ten are actually open-world RPGs. So, uh, apparently, if you have an open-world RPG, there's a really good chance it's going to make my list. And eight out of my top ten are also games that really put a premium on making choices. So, a lot of my games give you the ability to make a choice one way or another, and it affects the rest of the game. So apparently for me, that's exactly what I'm into. Yeah. What what about you, Josh? I was
1: going to say, I'm looking at my list and I'm going, oh, do I have a theme? But it is 100% RPG elements, uh, open world. (laughs) Um, I do have a lot of like competitive... Well, not a lot, but I do have some competitive nature games on mine. I love competition. Uh, I like you know, the ability to like trash talk people and stuff like that, you know? So yeah, it's, that's a, that's actually almost like a 50, 50 split on my list. Yeah. Interesting. You, what about you, Michael? If you look at my list, I have five to eight open world, depending on how you view open world. So you'll see what I'm talking about when I actually go through the list. Um, but it, it is kind of funny that you talk about that, Josh, because a couple that ranked really high on my list was because of that competitive nature Actually, one in particular was just so much fun to play with friends and so much fun to just uh, – I'll get to it later. No spoilers, right? we got to listen to the whole thing. But um, I did learn, though, <laughs> about myself that it was I, – I didn't want to play nostalgia too much on this list because I had a lot of nostalgia picks that were like, this was my favorite game for so long. And then I realized, hey, if I go back and play that game now – it like isn't really on the all time so i was really careful to weed out not having 6 nes games in my top 10 or anything like that <laughs> right a little bit of mine's <laughs> nostalgia like i will i will preface it before we get into it that i fully admit that a few of these games if you played them today would not hold up but for their time they were one of the best video games Of all time. You know what I mean? So that's why it's kind of like on my personal top 10 list because it's like, I get, I'm not saying this is the top 10 game right now. This is just through my vast gaming
0: history. What are some of the games that I would put in my top 10? Yeah, mine's, I guess, a little bit of both. I chose games that I still love to play today. And they are like my personal top 10 games that you could still play now. But that does not mean that there aren't old games. I mean, I've got two games from the 90s that are in my list. So one last question, and then we'll start going through these because uh, we're already very quickly running out of time. Uh, how many of your top 10 games coincided with the IGN Top 100?
1: I had eight
0: on... on yeah, my, And what? I was
1: a little surprised by that, to be honest. Now, the Top 100 on IGN... Gets the rankings completely wrong, in my opinion, but at least they do a good job of naming, uh, you know, a lot
0: of really, really good games. So for me, yeah, I had eight on that list. That kind of coincides with what you and I were saying when we talked about the list, where we said, yeah, there's maybe like five or s- five to eight games that don't belong on there at all, but for the most part, they got the right games. There, it almost just seemed kind of randomized in the order. Seven of mine. Are on the IGN list. Eight of Josh's. Actually, six of my games are in IGN's top sixteen. Oh wow, really? So I actually do coincide quite a bit with the IGN list. Michael, what about you? Did <laughs> how many of yours are on the IGN list? I'm really scared that my list is gonna be trash because uh, <laughs>
1: two. Two of <laughs> two? mine are on the list. <laughs> it's good to have just, it's just good two. to have different types of games, you know? I, I don't I don't think that's Means trash. I mean, I reserve the right to say they're trash later on, but I don't think they mean that they're trash <laughs> up front. I was very vocal about my number one not being on the between you guys. So when, when, when that list came out and I was listening to that episode, you know, in the old days in the past when I wasn't a host on this, this very uh, esteemed show, um, I was yelling in my car like, what, why is that game not on the list? And my number <laughs> one is not on the list. And I'm like, but that's dumb. IGN I apologize if any of the listeners work for IGN Uh, I respect your list and everyone's entitled to their opinion even if it's wrong
0: exactly (laughs) exactly it's a free country you are free to be wrong correct all right so let's just start breaking down our top tens uh Michael since you are you know the, the 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 newest guy here on the podcast let's let you start I'm also very curious to know what's on your list What you got coming in at number 10? My number 10 is absolutely a nostalgia pick. And uh, it was uh,
1: the pick that, you know, I I had to say, when I was in, I think, second or third grade, possibly all the way up to fourth or fifth grade, I played this at school on computer time. Uh, It was the 1992 version of The Organ Trail on the Mac. Oh, very nice. Oh, man. I just I remember playing that game, Ford in the River a few too many times. I got a little bit gutsy and then, you know, hunting bison and buffalo. And everyone who's played that game in school that's around our age, or maybe a little bit younger or older, just knows if you got a top ten, Oregon Trail's got a special place in my heart and it belongs on mine. That game was so great because you could play it at school. <laughs> yeah. And they encouraged you to. You were learning.
0: I wasn't yes. learning anything. I was learning how to not to ford a river. <laughs> and uh, all your friends would die of dysentery. Now, I literally just made an Oregon Trail joke to you, Michael, less or only about a week and a half ago, because you recently moved back to Arizona. You do live a pretty far drive away from my home, and I did text you and your wife, and I asked... How many extra pairs of clothing and how many wheel axles do I need to take <laughs> with me? And are there any rivers that I need to ford?
1: Yep, he did <laughs> my say way that. To your house? And actually, the funniest thing is what got this on my list. Uh, what I, that made me think about something because I'm watching 1883 right now, um, which is a, a, a prequel to or whatever to Yellowstone. And I'm like, this is like a really rough Oregon Trail. It's the same thing. And you, you got that in my head. So essentially, you manipulated my list and influenced a little bit. A
0: <laughs> little bit of
1: inception. Yep. All right, Josh, what you got coming in at number ten? Uh, I talked about loving competitive games. This one, this is a little bit of nostalgia, but I think this game still holds up to this day, and that is Street Fighter Two. Ooh, coming in at number ten. God. I I used to absolutely love fighting games. I have not played them in a long time. I feel like sadly, it's a genre that just is kind of dead. You know, if you look up like player counts on fighting games, it's like six hundred. It's ridiculous. Like they've just they're, they're not nearly as popular as they used to be. But I was an absolute wizard at Street Fighter 2. And this is back in the days when I would go to the arcade and you would challenge the guy that was at the machine <laughs> and he winner stays, loser pays. Right. Like that's the thing. So you would go up against some guy that was kicking everybody else's butt. You'd put your quarter in and you'd face off against them. And if you won, then he had to go to the back of the line and the next guy was up. And that just kind of face off in the arcades with a crowd of people watching or, you know, or just at my house when consoles started getting even more popular was absolutely incredible. I miss those days so much, man. Fighting games, I really wish they were kind of more in the limelight at this point. And there's some great ones out there. That's not to say that they're completely dead. But I have so many fond memories of playing Street Fighter 2, whether it was at the arcade or with a group of buddies at the house and just getting into that ultra competitive nature, talking trash to your buddy, you know, that kind of stuff. It was phenomenal. Who was your character of choice, Josh? Initially, Ken. And because I he was the guy that I was best with, but then I really got into Blanca, and Blanca would throw people off because nobody really knew how to fight Blanca other than the little where he'd hunch over and do his electricity thing, uh-huh. and everybody knew to expect that. But if you could do a lot of like the flips and the rolls and stuff, man, you could really catch people off guard. Josh, I'll give you a Buffalo nickel right now if you can give me a super solid throaty gutty Hadouken. Hadouken. Ah was it? <laughs> oh, oh, you can touch him up to some My favorite character in that game was Guile because I was terrible at it and you can button mash the best with him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I actually played a lot of Guile myself. Now Josh, is this your only fighting game on your top ten? It is. Yep. Alright. Michael, I'm kind of curious to know: Were you more of a Mortal Kombat person or a Street Fighter person? No, Street Fighter 100%. Or, or Killer Instinct
1: or Primal Rage. What, what was
0: your fighting game of choice? The
1: only fighting game that I really played and really loved was Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast, oh, and I was really good game, at it. Dude. Again, because I got to play Maxi, and everyone knows the button mash king plays Maxi. I was t- I'm terrible at those games. Maxi's one of the two smaller, he, yeah, the two nunchucks, yeah, and he or makes the nunchucks. Oh, he, he okay, goes, that's right. Hop. Oh, is the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Taki. They, all oh, Taki. The same, yeah. You know? Oh, d- yes. Yeah. And uh, but no, my my real my the only fighting game that I really got into was Soul Caliber, and not Soul Calibur two when they got Yoda and stuff. But that was cool, but I <laughs> I couldn't afford it. I was broke. I didn't buy that. So.
0: <laughs> oh, how funny. Yeah, I was definitely more of a Mortal Kombat person. So I guess we all kind of wow. had our own little niche. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, my number ten. I'm coming in with Candy Crush. Oh no, my just, God! Oh, oh, I was like, wait a minute. That,
1: but <laughs> I know that Paul likes mobile games. So, so <laughs> I was I was like, I'm not surprised.
0: <laughs> <laughs> my top ten are Doodle Jump, <laughs> Words with Friends. No, <laughs> no, no. Wordle's no. My, my, making <laughs> a strong
1: case right now. Draw me Droffle two or whatever it
0: is. Oh yeah, good old Drawful. Yeah, my my number ten is Super Mario World. So this is the one that's on the S N E S. Good choice. I know that for a lot of people, they tend to have their favorite Mario game. For me, it either comes down to Super Mario World on Super or it's Mario 3 on the NES. Those are my two favorite Marios. I had to go with Super Mario World. I have gone through it so many times on various Game Boys and on the Switch and everything else. I still love playing it. I love unlocking the top secret area in the ghost house. I still remember where... All the secrets are, I love 100%ing that game. So, and, and and who doesn't love the Mario cape where you get to fly for forever by pressing the back button? I had to go Super Mario World. It's a good choice.
1: Isn't it crazy? Like, that's going to say something about this list that that's down at number 10. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And IGN my... has it at
0: number two of all time, yeah. but I, I have it on my top ten, and I'm guessing neither of you have it at all. I know. My, I it, no, my
1: short list, when I got down from 62 to about 15 or 20, had Mario 3, and I had to axe it, and I'm like, there's no Mario game on my list. Spoiler, I know, but um, I love your choice, too. That was a close second for me, but I
0: never owned an SNES. I played a Friends, and so that's probably why it didn't mean as much to me. I never owned one either, but that's actually almost what made it more special, so that when I was older, I always bought it on all of my systems nice <laughs> that way i could i could play it <laughs> All right. So, uh, all right. No, no uh, dual answers quite yet. Michael, we're coming back around to you. What you got at number nine? I've got a game that absolutely no one's ever heard of. And
1: just to give you a little <laughs> preface, I'm going to give you categories with these moving forward because um, the way that I chose my top 10, I had to kind of, I had to kind of do like, hey, what, how am I going to put these in here? I can't, I've got to get the 62 down to 10. So this is my best trying to pass time game. And it's called The Hunter Call of the Wild. It's actually a hunting game. Um, probably the most realistic. Of the hunting games I've that are heard out of there, this game I've it's, never played it, but I have heard of it. I have, and I on a few of these, I'm actually going to give you my Steam hours. I've got 323 hours in this game, mostly at work. Uh, <laughs> my boss is actually listening. I'm totally kidding. Um, I was really excited. I texted him and told him I was going to be full time on the podcast. Um, but um, but no, it, it's honestly the thing I like the most about it is that it, it's it's very realistic as far as like you get a lot more points. Like if you if you are to shoot an animal and you don't kill it like humanely. And I know the word humanely is really reserved for humans, but you understand what I'm saying that you want to kill it in the most, um, you know, respectful way to where, you know, it anyways, Uh, but yeah, the game rewards that, like if you get a double long hit and you use the right ammo and you're not just running out there, like you're not killing a squirrel with like, you know, a 50 caliber or anything like that, (laughs) you know, like the game actually it's, it's really precision. It's hard. You have to do a lot of waiting, but what I like about it is that, I will look down, and all of a sudden, like, I've been playing this game for five hours, and I don't know where the time went. It just passes time so quickly now is this a He's VR clean. do you have to have the like the laser gun like how no. do you actually go about shooting stuff it's controller? all mouse and keyboard and ah. it's all aiming. you can use controller too I use mouse and keyboard on mine uh, it looks beautiful it's very realistic looking um, it's one of those games where if you're gonna walk a mile it's gonna take you as long as it takes a human to walk a mile when you run it's loud and animals run away you've got to sneak everywhere you're going and it's I just love it it's it, it's so much fun everyone try it Michael says he doesn't like first person shooters it's very <laughs> much of a shooter because the animals don't move if you do it right i don't have to like chase this guy who's bouncing around with a sword and coming sh- and they they're not shooting back either right 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 that's the only shooter i really play
0: is overwatch and that's because my guy has a big hammer and a shield so yeah. how funny so yeah hunter call of the wild i can't say i've played that but i definitely played a lot of hunting games in arcades growing up nice they, they were always a lot of fun yeah all right. All right. Josh, what you got at nine? You mentioned Mario.
1: So, I hey, coming in at my number nine is a Mario game, and that is Super Mario 64. To okay. this day, one of my favorite Mario games ever. Now, it probably doesn't hold up. You know, those those polygon counts are, are real low. Um, but this was one of the first it might have been the first 3D Mario game. And part of this is nostalgia for me because I remember my wife and I playing this game together and we were so engrossed in this game. We played it from start to finish. We did we collected every star. I think it's one of the few games that like we actually like did like the 100% completion thing on, but I just remember being so impressed with the fact that you could find all of these hidden areas, you could unlock things, you could do things backwards. Like, you know, like you had to go through this one painting backwards to get into it. So there were these little puzzles that were involved. There were the races against the penguins. It just had a little bit of something of like of of everything. And it still sticks out in my mind. Part of that is, is that, you know, again, I got to play it with my wife. She's not much of a gamer, but she does like some games and she absolutely loved this game. But I think it was pretty groundbreaking at the time as well.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. One of my favorite things is that the levels were so replayable because it would give you a different challenge. And then when you completed it, they would give you the next harder challenge and you would have to jump back into the picture frame and do it again. And I remember that game was actually also kind of smart. Like, I remember in the first level, you would have to race the Koopa Troopa. But if you cheated, it wouldn't count as a win. And they would tell you, like, no, you cheated. You got to do this (laughs) the real way. And I always thought that was really, it's. it felt very smart for all the way back then. Because you're talking, I yeah. don't know, whenever it, it was, came out, oof. 1996 it's, or whatever. It's been
1: a minute, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. But
1: yeah, I just, I loved that game so much. I, I don't know that I could sit down and play like that game today. You know, I think I'd probably yeah. get bored or something like that. But back in the day, it was just phenomenal. Um, I You know, I think there was an awful lot to love about it for sure. I think that's one of those games that every single time, you know, a couple of years ago, that big craze was the mini NES and the mini SNES. Oh, and you right. get it, it, has all the games on it, you plug it in for like 200 bucks to your TV and you play it. That was one of those games that I was like, man, if I got this, I can play that game on my TV now. And I just never, I never bought into it, but that was one up, of those though. games that got me there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I think Mario 64 holds up beautifully well. You can actually play it for free in browser and it's pretty awesome. I mean, I have not tried yeah.
1: playing it in my br- I just I think in, like I'm hesitant to try to recapture that moment. So I'll just keep the I'll keep the great memories because I worry that if I actually tried to replay it, I'd kind of go like, "Ah, oh, this game's not as good as I remember." <laughs> no, and I feel like with those games, I feel like that's kind of the time period in gaming where the older classic games have actually aged better. Like Mario 3 and Super Mario World are easier to play now because, you know, it's that 8 bit, 16 bit thing. When games started going 3D, you watch it now and you're like, it just doesn't look good. It's like early CGI, it just takes you out of all of it completely. Whereas the older classics, you're like, okay, I'm watching Claymation. I'm happy with that rancor from Return of the Jedi. But once, you know, Tron came out, you start seeing a bunch of CG stuff, it doesn't age well. <laughs> that, I kind of went in circles there, but you understand where I'm going.
0: Yeah, you're 100% right. Like already being well established within the 2D platformer. That it it it, it's not like realistic graphics either, so it still holds up fine. You play a game like Celeste, which just came out a couple years ago, and it looks exactly like Mario One or like you know one of those early Mario games. Yeah, it it still holds up much better than the 3D ones. All right, so my number nine is in one of your guys' top three, so we'll hold off on that, and I'll reveal what that is later when when that pops back up. I like so, that you've done uh, that, actually. That's really cool. That That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to burn this one now if it's like in Josh's top three, for example, uh, which this one is. So we'll, we'll, we'll hold off and we'll talk about it later. I'm just glad it's in your top ten, Paul. That still makes me happy. <laughs> exactly. These are, I mean, these are the top of the top, right? I, I think there's going to be a couple that multiple of us have, and this is one that I, I know for sure is going to pop up with Josh, maybe with Michael. I don't know if he's played it. All right, Michael, coming back to you, number eight, what you got? Hey, guys, you know, we've done so well. We've only got 24 games left.
1: Um, (laughs) Wait, eight times three is 24, right? Okay, my math is correct. Minus a couple.
0: Yeah, yeah. All
1: right, so this game is the I tried to make it number one category because I literally put this at number one and was like, stay there. Please stay there. Don't come down. And I'm like, oh, this one beats it. It's coming down. It's number two. Stay at number two. And we just talked about this a couple weeks ago. It's Elite Dangerous. I love that game so much. Now that we've talked about it, it's funny because if Lost Ark didn't come out last week... I have, like, six friends that were like, hey, I listened to the episode, and if you want to just hop back in Elite Dangerous, let's just give it a run for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Let's just dig right back into it. And as Paul said, just completely crack out on it again for a while because <laughs> when yep. you watch, me just – oh, that was Josh actually who said that. Yeah. But, but the whole thing is, like, I love this game so much, and I'm surprised it's number eight. It just means that everything above it is so much It's just, it makes those games that much more incredible. So, but Elite Dangerous absolutely belongs in my top 10. It will always be there. If I find a game in the future that's higher, I'm going to say, I'm going to lie to myself and say, Michael, you're wrong. (laughs) That game still belongs in the top 10. Yeah, you you single-handedly got everybody hyped up for Elite Dangerous when you talked about it during our Space Games episode. And like even me, I went and actually watched videos on it again after that show, and I was like, I gotta try this game at some point. Everybody in the Discord server was like, I want to see this Elite Dangerous. I might go pick it up. It's only like $5 now or something, you know? And it was like, yeah, so... They they owe you a Christmas card for any recent sales. <laughs> Sadly, it's the only <laughs> VR game that made my list because I really played it almost exclusively in VR, and that that's one of the things that kind of made me sad was I, I did I, I have a huge VR player. And I, I actually misspoke on the episode. I thought I had about two thousand hours in it. I have eight hundred and twenty eight hours in this game, so I have a lot uh, of work so to do. Hardly that's any still a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only eight hundred. <laughs> that's it. Some work to do. All right.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say, Josh and I have not yet played that one, so once we get around to it, we'll have to let you know what we think.
1: Yeah, it'll make your top 10 for sure. Uh, that's it. <laughs> All
0: right, Josh, what you got at eight?
1: Uh This is, you know, people say I, I'm not a, like, I only like competitive games and stuff like that, but, you know, there was a time when I was super big into Nintendo games. I mean, Super Mario 64 was my number nine. Coming in at number eight is another Nintendo game, and... I ha- I will preface this by saying I have not played this game in a long time, but I still it's probably been 25 years plus but since I've played this game, but well maybe not that long, but it's still in my brain etched as one of the best games that I have played, and that is Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Yes, I can still whistle the tunes to the songs. I still remember some of the quests. Uh, you know, again another game that my wife and I played together. Um, but Ocarina of Time, to me, is the best Legend of Zelda game that has been made, including Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild's great, but I still think Ocarina of Time is better. I just, you know, I don't remember all the little ins and outs of it at this point, because like I said, it's it's been a long time since I have played that game. But when a game reserves that space in my limited brain at this point, like, I know it's good. And the fact that I can still whistle and hum the tunes from that game, oh yeah, can you? I mean, I, I. We can't hear it.
0: Oh, you can't hear it. It's too quiet for Discord, but we'll we'll be able to hear it on the episode. Okay. I was I was really questioning there if
1: I should, like, what are the limits of my new influential power on this podcast right. as a full-fledged host? Can I make him? Can I call him uh, out oh, and do make it. him whistle the tune right now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll answer any challenge. Uh, but, Michael, out of curiosity, are you a fan of Zelda? Do you have a favorite in the Zelda series? Uh, honestly, probably the OG. Uh, it's funny.
1: Uh, my views on Breath of the Wild are kind of hot-taking in a bad way. I appreciated it. I didn't finish it. I liked it. Um, I just didn't really get into it. and It's probably because I got really tired of having to replace my wooden sword all the time. Um, (laughs) But but that's one of those games that I really want to go back and pick up. I played the original probably as much as I played Elite Dangerous. I probably have like 50 playthroughs on the OG back in the day. Um, But I really don't have a favorite except for that one cuz i really didn't play a lot of them. I did play Ocarina of Time a little bit, um but that's it's, it's just one of my one of my games that i just never really got into that family. It's kind of like Mass Effect. I just never broke into the family until recently.
0: Yeah, uh, no Zelda games made my top 10, but my favorite Zelda is The Wind Waker. That that's my personal favorite. What's interesting is you can poll 20 people and you'll get like 10 different answers on their favorite Zelda. Yeah. There's, there's a huge <laughs> Yeah, like Link to the Past uh, Legend of Zelda 2 on NES like there's fans of all of them mm. all right so uh my number eight is Castlevania Symphony of the Night now Josh and I talked about this game a little bit on our recent deep dive on Hollow Knight for my money it is still to this day the best 2d game ever made I think it's better than Mario 3 better than Super Mario World I've got it as the number one Metroidvania game ever, the number one 2D game ever. I absolutely love everything about it. It's like campy and cheesy in the best possible way. It's the first game I remember playing that had multiple endings. I love everything about Castlevania. I've probably gone through and beaten it, goodness, probably 12 to 15 times, somewhere in that range, playing it on uh, PlayStation back in the day. It's one of my favorites, but I don't know that, Either of you have played it i haven 't,
1: and that 's one of your choice games you were talking about, right, where you make different choices and you have different outcomes, correct
0: a little bit yeah like it's it 's very light in that regard being such an old game, but there's like multiple endings where you think you know the enemy and you can just kill them, and the game ends. But if you keep playing, you actually figure out, oh, if I wear these special glasses, now I can see this other thing, and now I can go fight the real enemy. So, it has a lot of really clever stuff being all the way back in 1997.
1: Do you remember? So, because I remember the original Castlevania and I played that a, a lot. Oh, sure. But, but how many Castlevanias removed is Symphony of the Night from like the initial Castlevania?
0: I have no idea. Because even okay. on NES alone, there were probably three or four. Like, I remember Castlevania 2, Simon's Quest, I think is what the second one was called. I don't know how many there were, Josh, but probably quite a few because you're talking. NES days in the 80s, all yeah, the way up to true. PlayStation in the late 90s. I played so, yeah, the heck I don't, I don't out know. of the
1: original where you had the whip, you know? Oh, like yeah. The, yeah sure. And so that one, but I, I kind of lost track of the Castlevania series for a while. And then I did play Bloodstained, you know, f- which was phenomenal, by the way. Um, Spiritual
0: successor. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: exactly. So it's like, I, I can see that, and I, I don't think I ever played Symphony of the Night, but it is widely renowned as the best metroidvania pretty much ever made
0: one of the really goofy things about it is if you're doing like a speed run or if you want to just travel fast your uh ability to do a quick withdraw as like a defensive move is faster going backward than you can run forwards (laughs) so you're you're constantly (laughs) turning backward and pressing y y y y y Y, and your guy just keeps scooting backward, oh, and it's man. faster
1: than running. It's really interesting <laughs> looking at that game, because I, I had to just look up what the developer was for that. Publisher was Konami. Which oh, is Konami. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and I, I don't know why I didn't know that. Everything back then was Konami. Um, but I feel like this is one of those series is that I'm wondering, how is it not a AAA title these days? How has no one brought up back Castlevania and brought it into the modern world? Perhaps even, I mean, that would be a good VR game, I think. VR, like, nightmarish, looking with lots of twists and a lot of choices to make. It could be really interesting, or just some triple a title i don't know why
0: well they've also stretched out where it's not just games they have like netflix series on castlevania and stuff like that so i think it's still successful i I think they they just have yeah they've spread out more than just games all right michael number seven we're getting through this skip that was easy it's in paul's (laughs) top three on to you josh
1: oh Oh, okay uh skip my number seven because that's in michael's (laughs) top three
0: down the 19 guys we're doing it Skip my number seven. Uh-oh. It's in Josh's <laughs> top three.
1: So round seven. So basically, I'll oh, have man, a top the show's nine. Over, <laughs> yeah, that's it,
0: guys. I'll see you later. Uh, there is for... no round seven. All right, so back to me again. Back to Michael. Back first to, six. All right. Boom. OK, this is the
1: only game on the entire list where I had to really consider if there was recency bias being involved. And I'm like, no, it's been about three years. I think it's good. It's Horizon Zero Dawn.
0: I oh, love you are this a big game. Fan. I
1: love this game. I love everything about it. I I called it my open world mini action adventure game because I got 100% completion in 103 hours, which for an open world seems a little short. Uh, the main quest line was about 30 hours, but um, you know, just the world's not that big in comparison with a lot of the open world games. Maybe that's why I liked it so much. Um, is that I didn't get lost in spending 400 hours and still trying to ignore the main storyline so I don't get <laughs> bored once you know I'm the hero of Kavach, You know what I mean or anything like that. Um, but uh, I love the game. I love the combat. I love the idea that you have to aim for different parts on these mech dinosaurs in order to take them down, and you have to learn how to use different every time you think the combat is at a point where you're like, hey, this combat's awesome. And then you start to understand the combat more. They introduce another element of combat. And you're like, this just got even harder and more complex and a lot more fun to play. And the story was great. I did cry. And I I did a second playthrough. I cried even more. uh, About 20 (laughs) hours. Well, about eight eight hours in. There's something that happens. But anyways, I won't spoil it. But but play that game. It's awesome. The sequel comes out in three days. And I will be probably... Have you seen the reviews that the sequel's getting? No, I haven't looked it's at all. It's getting like nines and Pretty tens high. across the board. Okay, well, the first one was a ten yeah. out of ten, uh, and yeah. so I played. I played the PC port because I had never played Horizon uh, Zero Dawn, and I was always very interested in it. And I probably put a solid thirty hours into that game and loved yeah. all of it. It sadly just succumbed to like my game ADD, where I didn't play it for two weeks, and then my brain will just not allow me to like go back to something if I haven't played it for a couple weeks, and I'm a little sad about that to be honest, because that game was great all around. Like, it did not have very many faults at all. Yeah, the it looked great, the combat was great, the story was great, everything about it was great, and I cried. <laughs> and I know which part you're talking about too, and oh, I I, I yeah. think I remember saying. I don't know if I was telling Paul or somebody, but I don't think I've ever cared about characters in a video game more than that game makes you care in the first like two hours. Oh yeah. Yeah. You you know. know it- I don't want to go too long on this, but one of my favorite things about this game that really elevates it is when you're going through the tutorial phase of the game, you're playing as Aloy as a little girl. Yep. And so you're learning, like, and, and Rost, who is your father figure, he's not your father, you find out later on. He's just your father figure, you know, similar to like a foster parent or adopted parent. Um, and he's like, Aloy, here's how you hold a bow. Now you want to sneak and be quiet and shoot the animals or shoot, you know, and he's teaching all that stuff. And that's your tutorial is Ross to your dad. Was a telling really you how cool to do tutorial. Yeah. But then in that moment where it has that montage and then all of a sudden you're an adult, it's like clearly known. Okay. I'm out in the open world now. I'm no longer in the tutorial. It's on. And that's like, that's like an hour into the game and it's a great transition. I loved it. Yep. Really smart. All right, Josh. Number six. What you got? um number six for me is overwatch oh okay you know i I, overwatch to me is one of those generational type games um you know it it has its good moments and it has its bad moments it is not a game without flaw by any means but to this day it is so much fun to hop into overwatch with a few friends and play a round or two Um, I had not played, I think I went like two or three, maybe even maybe three or four months without playing a game of overwatch. And then like last week I hopped in for just a couple matches. I still got it. I was hooking people into the well in Ilios, (laughs) you know, I was just doing really, really good. That game has so much to offer in the genre. I love the hero shooter. I love the skills. I love the team-based gameplay. I love the fact that if you're really good, you can carry your team, I love screaming at people because they're really bad and they're they're ruining their team, you know, that kind of stuff. But when Overwatch was announced and came out, I I don't know. I I mean, I know every single person that we knew that was in our extended friend group was playing Overwatch. It's just Mm -hmm. it's a complete game from start to finish if you like first person shooters, <laughs> which is funny because I don't. And I even played with you guys because you're right. like, actually, it was my buddy, uh, my buddy Steven, who I affectionately called Lord Nevitz von Regob. So if I ever talk about Lord Nevitz von Regob, it's almost all of his character names that I named him that. But he was like, hey, come heal us. And I'm like, I hate shooters. I'm not a shooter player. And he's like, you don't have to shoot. You can yep. heal. And I'm like, in a Shooter? Okay, but like Winston, like you don't have to necessarily like, I love the fact that they made this game accessible to everybody. And it's like, you don't have to have amazing flick shots. If you do play Widow or, or, you know, play uh, McCree or whatever, right? Yeah, if you if you're good at tracking somebody, play Zarya, if you just are if you're good at like, awareness and and what's going on on the battlefield play winston or diva or something like that like i just i love that they had something for everybody like you said you know if you're not good at any of that but you're just good at supporting your team play a healer you know i just I, and what they did with healers was revolutionary too i could talk about overwatch forever but for me it's definitely in my top 10 i've played the heck out of that game i don't know i mean i have easily <laughs> over a thousand hours in it um but oh, so you I, can whistle the tune for Overwatch too right? Uh
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course Overwatch is our number 1 game on our leaderboard, so I was curious to see if it was going to pop up. Josh, do you think Overwatch is the game you and I have played together the most or do you think it's still PUBG? It's, it's got to be one or the it's other. It's real mm.
1: close to be honest with you. I want to say it's probably Overwatch. You played a lot of I PUBG think so, too. without
0: me. Yeah,
1: you know, back when back when in it's in its mass popularity days, like I would hop on and play PUBG with you guys, but I didn't generally play it solo where I know you played it a lot uh, on your own. So I, I think Overwatch probably is our most played game together.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think you're probably right. All right. So coming in number six, I know I'm going to stand alone on this one and it's fine. It's probably my hottest take of of the episode. I've got Cyberpunk 2077. I don't care oh screw you all who tried playing on ps4 you know what (laughs) on pc this game rules all right cyberpunk had my number one favorite storyline probably of the last 10 years i absolutely love it was it was it glitchy sure it definitely was my guy permanently had blood on his hands (laughs) like like just in the game he had an overlay of blood that was not on his hand it was hovering two inches above his hand he had it at all times i i don't care i would drive with my car i would see random uh just artifacts levitating in in the air i don't care it doesn't matter the story was great keanu reeves is awesome i oh, loved hear, the twist hear. endings all that stuff's great i loved running around with the mantis claws just shredding people <laughs> with my bare hands <laughs> I mean, it's even got uh, Jackie Wells was one of my favorite side characters ever in a game. It's even got amazing music written for it by Run the Jewels. Go look it up. It's a song called No Safe Point. It's an amazing song. I love everything about cyberpunk, and uh, I'm not ashamed to say it's number six all time for me. Uh,
1: I feel like cyberpunk is one of those games that is becoming... The memories are getting fonder, uh, you know, as time goes on. They, I, I, funny enough, huge 43 gigabyte patch announced today, today. as of this yep. recording. Wow. And it's mm-hmm. funny because I was chatting with some friends of ours about Cyberpunk today and everybody was kind of going, you know, I really need to, I need to play that game. I, I I need to get back into it. I didn't finish it. I famously never finished it. I made it very close to the end, but even in my mind, it's like, well, I think it's time to give it another shot. It's so Let's good. Let's do it, Josh. I yeah. also haven't finished it. I am much closer to the beginning than you are. Yeah, um, but I. I'm totally down. I, I, I had some good things about it. Honestly, the reason why I didn't play it is because I was in the middle of a move at the time, and I was trying to play it from my laptop, and my laptop just wouldn't oh, run uh, it and do it justice. not just like, do Yeah, and I'm like, nah, I'll come back to this, and I never did.
0: Probably because I was doing my second
1: playthrough on Horizon Zero Dawn or something. Screaming like that. at Michael, why do you hate me? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Control was another game that I've always wanted to play, and I was playing it from my laptop, and my laptop couldn't handle it. I actually That's gifted a, a copy on to it. A- yeah, I gifted a copy to a friend of mine, and he was like, I've never heard of this game. I beat it in like 30 hours, and it was perhaps my favorite game I've ever played. Thank you. And I'm like, well, good. I just, I had an extra copy, and I haven't played mine yet, so.
0: That game's wild, by the way. Yeah. Control. It's really out there. Uh, yeah, the last thing I'll say about Cyberpunk, I even love just all the lingo that they come up with in this game, where you've got like Ripper docs, and they're like the doctors who install software into your cybernetic implants that you use to then quick hack other people i thought all that stuff was so neat i i love it i really hope that we get to see more content through dlc slash future installments i really hope this isn't the end of cyberpunk because obviously the reputation uh it it could not have been much worse the the bones (laughs) are there Honestly, like it,
1: it, it, they really are. There is a very strong foundation to it. They just have to get rid of the skin disease, you know that 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 the game had when they released. Ironically. When you talk about like those hacker docs in the game, the first thing I thought when I thought of that was Johnny Mnemonic, which ironically oh, enough, yeah. is Keanu. also yep. Keanu Reeves, another probably. Keanu movie. So, yeah, yeah, I love that movie, man. Oh,
0: <laughs> I don't know if that one's aged terribly well, but I haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> Me either, like twenty years. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't aged as well as Keanu has. Everyone knows that. That is very true. Yes. All right, Michael, we're in our top fives Ooh. now. What you got? It's Getting Skip.
1: real. Skip this. Oh, one. it's my top three. Really? Oh, and my oh, top three. Okay.
0: okay. I know um, what that one is. This oh, you one? No. This is one. Is it a third installment? <laughs>
1: no. Uh, oh, it's okay. the first Maybe and right only now. installment that I still play three days ago. Uh, oh, hmm. okay. I know. All right. Well, this one, I, this is not in any of your top 10 lists, but this is. I've realized that I like this game even more when I think about it, and I find it to be almost a perfect RPG for me in, in almost every way. Um, we have I have hyped this immensely. It is rated very high on our leaderboard. People that have picked this up off of us talking about it or having heard about it have said, hey, this is one of the best RPGs I have ever played. And that is Divinity Original Sin 2. I just started it. Uh, yeah, And you are in for such a ride, man. I, I get it. I, I know there's a lot of people out there that are going to say, hey, that's a great game that's really in your top 10. I love RPGs. And it's rare for mm. me to play an RPG and and finish it, much less go back to it a second time and play through it again. And that just kind of tells you what this game offers. It is it's up there it's probably in my top 3 RPGs of like all time and for a for a genre that i absolutely love it checks just about every single box for me i think it's drastically underplayed because
0: it is really really that good it's a absolutely fantastic game my my little nitpick with it is i sat on the character creation screen for like <laughs> a full hour and a half cuz i did not know what to pick. And then they hit you where you got to put in all your stats and you choose all these abilities and you can go full custom and make whatever you want. And I, I I spent so much time making my guy and I immediately hated the decision because I chose the undead dude and you can't walk in front of anybody because they freak (laughs) out and they yell evil corpse walking around die. And everyone just wants to fight you and you can't (laughs) heal yourself because any heal ability actually damages you being undead. But what a cool game! It's 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 awesome. This it is really one is. of those
1: games that uh, that I, I'm influenced a lot by you guys just having listened to the show. And I've bought more games than I'd like to admit because I'm like <laughs> developers love this podcast because just Michael Butler buys all the games that you guys talk about. And so it was that my first ever uh, appearance on the show when we did the best RPGs of all time. And Josh was like, "You got to play it! You got to play it!" I picked it up and I sat in it for the last three months, and then all of a sudden. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, holy cow, on the PlayStation, I can play with my wife. It's a couch Mm -hmm. co-op. And I'm like... That's amazing, and it just instantly elevated into this is the next game I'm playing, because my wife and I, what we do is we play a lot of RPGs together, and what'll happen is I'll control the character, and she'll make the decisions. So, like, with Detroit becoming human, it was actually really hard, because all you do is make decisions. I was literally just walking around, (laughs) moving the stick. But, like, other games like Witcher 3, she would pick what Geralt says, and now we can do it. I'm like, you say what your characters will say, I'll say what my characters will say, and we're just going to roll with it. And I've had a blast. We played two nights, and we're just loving it so far.
0: It's a great game. Yeah. All right. My number five is Dragon Age Origins. Now, am I the only person with a Dragon Age game in my top 10?
1: You are, but I seriously considered putting
0: uh, Inquisition, Inquisition in my top mm-hmm. 10.
1: Yeah. I, I actually stressed about that a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and I love I, it I, so much. <laughs> and I know Michael hasn't uh, been able to dive into Dragon Age, Dragon Age Origins is a game that is kind of tough to jump into today because even when Dragon Age Origins came out, the graphics already did not look great. Kind of reminds me of like Dark Souls. Like no one was buying Dark Souls because it looked great. You bought it for the gameplay. And Origins had the amazing story, the amazing gameplay. Depending on what kind of character you chose, you played a completely different opening chapter. And I don't know if there were any other games that did that before Origins. That's the first time I remember seeing it. I feel like a lot of games do that now. But if you picked a dwarf, then if you picked the royal dwarf, you've got a whole storyline where you and your brother are fighting over who's going to become king. Or if you were a poor mage, then you were in the circle training and learning how to be a mage. And so you got to play these really awesome opening chapters. They're uh, similar to... DOS 2 there are a million choices you can make all over the course of the game it really gets into the nitty-gritty of the city's politics the religions people believe all the different races and how they all interact with one another I really love Dragon Age Origins and it also was the one in the series where you often had to pause combat and it was a little bit more strategic so you would actually have to look at like placement and who's going to do what where where what abilities are going to combo. The only real black mark are the missions in the Fade. I think everybody hated those. It's kind of like an underwater level in another game with uh, Dragon Age Origins, it was the Fade. But other than that, fantastic game. Also,
1: infamously, uh, you and Josh, as your number fives, picked what went down as one of the top battles in the best RPG of all time episode from months ago, and Mm -hmm. i hadn't played either and it was funny because i still am like is paul or josh gonna hate me more for picking their winner first and i won't say who won because i want you to go back and listen to that episode it's from like three months ago it was best rpgs of all time it was the first time you heard this nasally voice on this very here podcast but it's funny that you guys both picked them back to back and that was a big decisive battle um phenomenal games both of
0: them are you you can't go wrong
1: with either one to be honest
0: they're very similar in a weird way even though they're You're very right. different perspectives and the gameplay is different but other than other than that they're very they similar in the They do have a lot bones.
1: of overlap to I think that's why we like them so much.
0: Yeah. Yeah, if you like one you'll probably love the other. Right. All right, so swinging back to Michael, what's your number four?
1: Oh, I gotta skip this one too, guys. It's on Josh's list.
0: Wow, <laughs> Michael's I've, got a lot I've, of I've overlap. A Apparently, lot
1: of I've got a great list because people keep saying yeah. that, you know my stuff's it's, on there. So it's way better than IGN's. I share I share two with you, and I share two with IGN. IGN had a hundred not ten, <laughs> <Yeah>. so <laughs> that means your list is approximately ninety percent better. <laughs> All right, Josh, what you got it for? This one's going to be divisive a little bit because I, I get it. I get that, you know, not everybody likes this game. A lot of people have tried this game and they either go, hey, I love it. Or they go, yeah, it's fun for like a couple hours. I see why people like it. But this is the game, other than my number one, that I have the absolute most play time in. And that is Rocket League. Mm. Oh, okay. I, for me, Rocket League is in my personal top ten list. It is; it has to be in my top ten. There is no other game that exists that is like Rocket League because it is so easy to just pick up and play. It is so insanely difficult to master. I, I you know, I'm pretty darn good at Rocket League, but there are people that I can look at and I can go, I will never be that good. And it it just astounds me that there is that like caliber of player. It is like uh, me and and Andy who who has been on the show before. He's like my Rocket League, my main Rocket League buddy. We probably have a thousand hours playing Rocket League together, and we have both said I cannot think of a video game that is more like a professional sport. Hmm than Rocket League is with the various skill levels and how if you just keep playing, you keep getting better. You keep advancing. I love the technical aspect. I love that there's no RNG whatsoever. If you lose, it's simply because the other team beat you. I I, like there's just so much about it that jives with me personally through my competitive nature, my desire to want to get better at something, you know, that kind of stuff. There's my kids, my entire family knows when I play Rocket League because I transform into this screaming, giggling, (laughs) like loud person. I can't think of like scoring a goal in Rocket League is like no other feeling in a video game. It's just incredible. So for me, it's in my I almost put it in
0: my top three, but it's 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 up there for me for sure. I'm quite surprised it's not your number one. I thought for sure this would be your number one overall. Do you know how many
1: hours you actually do have in Rocket League? Like, I, I checked.
0: I have 1,500 and like, I
1: can't remember if it's 26 wow. or 62, but I have a lot of time in Rocket League. And considering and just, their five-minute matches, that should tell that's you something. <laughs> Somebody do the math right yeah. now. As you're listening, throw this in Discord right now, what the math on five minutes. Uh, how, I, well, that's like 300... That's like 3,000 matches it. The math it's is a hard. lot. That's why I, you know, that's it's why why I took counting for my math. Yeah. Um, is that the only sports game that has made our list so far, if you want to air quotes it, as a sports game? I, I do it's consider it a, sport. a sports game. Yeah, yeah, it is. I agree.
0: Of my but 62... I, I do i do not have a sports game on my list
1: no and of my 62 uh tiger woods 2006 was my only sports game on there and 2006 because tiger woods players infamously know in 2007 (laughs) they really screwed up the putting so 2006 was amazing uh everyone's still talking about it yep
0: (laughs) oh very nice good old rocket league okay Somehow I played 300 hours of Rocket League before I got sick of it. I I remember those uh,
1: days fondly, Paul.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You you might remember them more fondly than I do. All right. My number four. I'm a little bit shocked we haven't had a Grand Theft Auto game, but my number four is Grand Theft Auto 4.
1: That is the Grand Theft Auto that I would also pick. um, And I'll explain why it didn't make my list when I get to say one of the games that I had to skip.
0: <laughs> I think it's by far the best GTA game I have played through all of. Well, not I, I've never played GTA One and Two because they're so old. But Grand Theft Auto Three is the game that got me into video games. I did not own any consoles growing up. I would play them at my friends' houses, and when I started dating Nikki, who uh, eventually became my wife, I would go over to their house, and her brother had GTA Three, and I could not believe that video games could be cinematic, that they could have voice actors that I recognized from movies. You know, I I did not know that you could do stuff like that in video games, and that's actually what turned me into a gamer. I loved Vice City. I love all the GTAs. Uh, San Andreas is great, but my favorite is four. Nico Bellic is one of my all-time favorite protagonists. Everything he says is like... Hilariously funny. He just kind of like gently. Let me
1: borrow the cab.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And he just kind of like walks around and just kind of roasts everybody like, uh, like passive aggressively. And it's absolutely hysterical. I love everything about GTA 4. It's also got the best driving because it's a little bit more realistic than the others. Your cars actually have a little bit of weight to them. I I love GTA 4.
1: I love GTA Four, and I think that you know it's funny. We discussed this a while back, that um, or maybe it was yesterday. I can't remember. I was real sick this weekend. Um, but um, but it, it, you know, I, I did love like between GTA Four and Five. I'm like, which one do I like more? And I'm like, Nico Bellic is what makes it for me. It's Nico. Yeah, it's that character. I agree. Yeah yeah the gta uh, games i like them i i think they're absolutely phenomenal video games i this is one of those ones where i went if i was building what i think is a top 10 video game list i would put those in there they just for me i tend to get a little lost and aimless after a while mm-hmm. a- and that's not that's nothing against the game that's 100% me in that regard and i've beat gta f- i've beaten all of them actually but i just that's one where For whatever reason, there's other games that resonate with me more on a personal level. But if I was taking the personal aspect out of it, I would easily have GTA 4 in in a top 10 list. When you said Lost and Aimless just now, I literally just thought of like, Josh, how many times did you just run over people on the street and go pick up the money off the ground and get (laughs) back in your car and go run into the cops? (laughs) I've said I generally play a good guy in video games. I have a really hard time being a jerk. (laughs) Yep. not that game man. Yeah. i am lawful good 100 percent in that game though even stop oh. signs
0: are suggestions oh yeah exactly <laughs> well that's kind of like the difference between the gtas and the red deads right like mm. gta is very heightened it's all very over the top you don't feel bad running over 28 people on the side of the street in a giant mob because that's just the game so for me i have no problem going evil in grand theft auto Red Dead is definitely where you get those more personal stories. When you play as Trevor in GTA five, <laughs> there's nothing there that you're connecting to on an, on, on a personal level. No. You know, none of us know psychopaths in, in real life like that. All right. So yeah, I've got GTA four at uh, number four. So we're up to our final three and we know that there's quite a bit of overlap here. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what these are. Uh, Michael, what do you have at number three?
1: Number three for me is the game that started it all for me. I was gifted my first PC game ever, and I had to play it on my dad's computer. I didn't have a computer, and uh, it—I don't know if you'd really consider it open world. You could walk around everywhere, but uh, it was missed. It's the game that started all of it, and that's my number three. It is very old and very dated now. Literally, it was like a 3D game, but it, it was kind of like how you move how how you move in some VR games, where you click to go to the next spot. Um, you can't move fluidly there. Um, but the mystery in the game was incredible. The allure of the story, the loneliness that you felt in that game was almost a positive kind of loneliness where you're like, I am sad because these people are gone, and I have to figure out what happened. The first time that you pick up Atris's note and it says Catherine, my love, and you're like, whoa. Like what's and you hear him say it and you're just like I, I need to find out what happened and I'm it's just it's this incredible feeling and then the sound design the sound design was incredible and the music with that oh that just that it's almost like what Denis Villeneuve uses in his movies now like Dune and stuff <laughs> yeah. like that oh it's that <laughs> you know like that 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 ominous feeling that it's like it's it's telling you feel this way through the music that just blew my mind and that game literally. Was what made me build my first computer because I'm like, oh, PC gaming is incredible. Like this is a whole different level, and I have to, I have to just tap into this more. So it's a bit of a nostalgia pick, but it's my. It, it was hard to not make it my number one, but I have a few nostalgia picks over it for the most part. I feel like I've played about ten minutes of Mist, and that's it. And I, I know that I'm missing out. And actually, I feel like they just released Mist on the Oculus or in VR
0: so I, don't I see might how need be possible
1: to, but if they did that would be amazing I feel like they did to be honest with you you might want to check on that because I I, I legitimately feel like I saw something about missed VR recently um I, yeah I missed out on that game um, I know that it's insanely well regarded it's a puzzle based game if I remember right um but yeah I don't know why I just I I never wound up picking it up and playing it now you're making me feel like I missed out. Holy sweet. Was I right? What? Oh, I was, was right. right. right? <laughs> I, can't even, I have to go and buy an Oculus Quest 2 right now because it's only on the oh it's on the Rift too. Gear VR. I'm sorry guys. I'm riding bicycles right yeah. now on the podcast. <laughs> I have a rift. I'm gonna have to put it on. <laughs> because I I haven't put the Rift on in a long time. I have the old crowdsourcing Rift. So for a long time ago, the crowdfunding or whatever. Yeah, the CV one or two. You just or whatever. blew my mind, Josh. Please right? play this game. Please play this. Game. Please I actually, this game. I I will make the agreement that I will because I feel like I've missed out on a piece of gaming history. You and missed out. With, with yeah. missed, you missed out. out. Right? And if it's your number two, <laughs> I trust you well enough to say hey or your number, number three, three, I trust you well enough to say he probably knows what he's talking about. It's it's a puzzle game for sure. If you like puzzle, I like puzzle games, games. I it do is like puzzle a puzzle games. game. Yeah. And when I played it, Google didn't exist. So I couldn't Bro. look up how to beat the puzzles. Yeah. Um I think Laho or Yakos or Lycos or web, web Crawler did. But I I, I do want to see though if it does translate, because in VR I could see it being a good VR game, but I don't know how it would work if you're able to freely move around compared to before. So that you just blew my mind. Thank you for blowing my mind. You're welcome. And you are never you're, you I won't be able to make the podcast for the next 2 weeks because I'm playing this game. <laughs> and you're fired. And I'm
0: fired. <laughs> yeah.
1: Dang it. Yeah. First this
0: is this is one of those games that I remember my friends parents playing. And I remember kind of like Josh, I remember playing a few minutes here or there and just not knowing what to do talk about being lost and aimless i feel like i would just run around in mist for 5 minutes and then my friends and i would be like well let's just go play monkey island or we would play something else so i'm sure mist is great i feel like at the time i had not played any puzzle games and i felt like it was just one notch ahead of me developmentally you know cuz i was probably like 8 or 9 when that game released and i just it did not jive with me but i'm sure i would have liked it if i were just a little bit older
1: I don't know if that makes eight or nine-year-old version of me like smarter than eight or nine-year-old Paul or just a little <laughs> bit could. more of an introverted <laughs> Very like, well could be. like loner <laughs> that just was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I'm alone in this video game world.
0: <laughs> All right. So Michael's got missed at three. Josh, what's All your right. number three?
1: Coming in at number three, I know this might be surprising to some of the listeners of this show that have been around for a while, but it is still one of the best video games ever made. But it is, it is not my number one game but coming in at number three for me is the witcher three uh absolutely incredible game notoriously difficult to get into paul i picked on paul for trying to play it five different times paul finally played it i'm super glad you did because you know i know that you enjoyed it an awful lot now that came in at number nine for you was that the one that
0: was number nine that is my number seven. Or number seven. Okay. And what is it for you, Michael? You're number four. My number four. four.
1: So, I mean, it tells you something that three different gamers, it's all in our top 10 list. It's at the most top 10 list, to be honest with you, except for IGN's, which is weird. I think it's like, Twenty-five or something.
0: It's number sixteen. Sorry,
1: <clears throat> yeah, I, I said seventy seven. That's there was game another was. game that's at like in that seventy seven range that we picked on. Uh, I can't remember which one that was, but the
0: return of Oberdin. I think they had at seventy four, which yeah. seemed really wild to me.
1: Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, what what more can I say about The Witcher three? In the in the sake of just saving some time, because we're starting to go long, it's it's incredible. There's not much to not like about it. Other than that, some people have had complaints about the movement. That It feels a little janky. Some people are like, I don't know what it is. The mechanics in this game just, I, I have a hard time with it. I agree it could be more fluid, but everything else is just incredible in that game. I got really used to the movement because I came off of another Skyrim playthrough and then went right into Witcher 3 because I was like, I need to tap into an open world RPG right now. I haven't played it. And so I went to it and I'm like, oh, it's kind of clunky. And then I just got used to it. Oh, no, that's what it was. I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn at the same time, and Zero Dawn has incredible movement. Um, but I got used to it really fast. And I played it on the PS4. Um, but I absolutely, I still love that game. It's funny, a side note I-, I was watching the end of Ted Lasso the other day, and I'm like, Roy Kent is like a real life or like modern day <laughs>
0: gear up the because they both go, gear- yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I I love The Witcher. It's a great game. My, uh, My only complaint is that the second two thirds of the game are so much better than the first third that it's almost a little bit of a shame because I think that there are a lot of people that just start playing and it's just like very complicated. You don't even really leave the opening castle for quite some time and you're like, you're racing with Siri, and now you're chasing Siri because she's running away from her right lessons. It. And then there's all these weird dreams, and you don't know what's true. And you've been tracking Yennefer down. And it, it, I always felt like it didn't really grab onto me because I did not play the other Witchers. I don't know who Yennefer is. Why do I care that we're chasing after her? I don't know anything about the Wild Hunt. But if you can get past the first couple of hours when the story starts to make sense, that's when it definitely sucks you in. Paul, I have to call it. you. It's out. top tier.
1: I have to call you out for being incorrect. The first third of the game has the Baron, and that's an incredible storyline. But see, that's when the game starts to take off. And then that, it does. Our, that's Six? hour nine.
0: Yeah, or something. somewhere around yeah, there yeah. it
1: does. It really does. And that's the thing, is it's like everybody says like you you have to slog until you get to the Baron quest. And then it's like it's like one of those immediate launch roller coasters, right? Where you're just yeah. sitting there going, like, this sucks, and then all of a sudden it just goes whoosh and you just hang on for the ride. I might have cried in the barren crest I, I can't remember oh, that but, oh that quest is yeah. terrible and sad and great all at the same time <laughs> yeah no but but you're right though the first I think it's like it's legitimately a six to eight hours and I, I literally put the game down twice that's why it took me four years to play it and beat it because I, I didn't want to I was like I don't get it like everyone says how good it is and then someone was like just get the first eight hours and you're not gonna put it down and that's exactly what happened yep
0: yeah all right Paul all right my number three i am very shocked did not show up for you guys i've got portal 2
1: i portal 2 was like my number 11 and my number 8 my number 7 my number 12 portal was (laughs) one of the games that i struggled with them or portal 2 to struggled with the most to say i feel like this needs to be in my list and i kept shuffling and kept shuffling i think it's deservedly I like number three is a, a great spot for it I just I struggled with that one a lot
0: I think that portal 2 is one of those very few games where I do not have a single note of anything negative you get to experience Wheatley and GLaDOS the game is hysterical it's thrilling you get really clever puzzles I love every bit about that game all the way up through the very end Uh, Portal 2, you can also play co-op. And if you play it on PC, you have unlimited levels through the workshop. Portal 2 for me is one of those very rare, absolutely perfect games. I would not change a thing. And I have been on record many times saying the one sequel I would request more than any other is Portal 3. I really wish that we could get more games from Valve. I know they're making money hand over fist with Steam. I don't fault them for it. But man, I would love to see Half-Life 3. But even more than that, I would love to see Portal 3.
1: Would you do a Portal VR game if it was available on the Valve Index?
0: Ooh, uh, or, I would or any, any
1: Valve. Sorry, any Valve.
0: I would try it. I could see that I mean, being a good VR game. I could see some of the parts being really... Nauseating when you yeah. do the like <laughs> the fall through, pads. The, through the ceiling and the floor <laughs> oh, at the same time. Just oh, thinking yeah. about it. Oh, it would right, be very... a couple weeks
1: ago, yeah, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, you guys were on an episode talking about how you use the point and click method to move in VR.
0: That's what Josh does. Yeah, I, I, use I teleport. don't. I do continuous.
1: Yeah. I am 100% continuous, uh-uh. but I challenge anyone. My favorite VR game, really, is not a game, it's Google Earth VR, and it's 100% free. And if you turn off the like, there's something that makes like everything outside of this 30 degree in front of your face, like blurry. If you turn that off, even I am like, whoa, Like I'll go stand on top (laughs) of the Empire State Building and be like, I'm going to fall over. I have to take this off now. And that's the only one that did it. But um, anyways, I can see that, though, when you're falling through floors and ceilings and you're like, I got to take a moment, take a deep breath on this one in portals (laughs) three.
0: Portal? I will say I love the idea portal. of having two controllers and each of them being a different portal. It would be very easy to keep track of them both because yeah. you could just shoot them. That would actually I would be, be neat. I would definitely try it out. Portal yeah. Two is a perfect game to be honest. It's
1: I, I, I like you said I think that's really telling. I can't find any fault with it. And and not only that, but if I was going to take my parents who are you know in their seventies at this point and say hey I want to I want you to play a game. Portal 2 would be it because it's so accessible. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you, it's not where, it's not difficult. There's not a difficult control scheme. It's very easy. It's approachable. It's really a flawless game. I, I, It's great. I struggled with that one a lot. And I think it deserves to be in the number three. I feel like that game also, more consistently when I pulled top 100 and top 50 lists, was at the top. Not number one, but like in the top third or yeah. top you know
0: a little bit ign had it at number three so yeah it definitely shows up at the top yeah plus you get to portal uh put a portal on the moon what's not to love well and you get
1: to troll your <laughs> friends too because you gotta like they're trusting you and then you get them crushed by a ceiling
0: or something like that as well which is fun. <laughs> or shoot so, them into the lava right. or something yeah. yeah how dare you uh, <laughs> all right michael what you got at number two Okay, so uh you know,
1: obviously, uh, drum rolls, please, for everybody, but uh, <laughs> I, nobody really expected my list to have a video game based on a movie. Which featured mm. a song by Tina Turner, yeah, it's old guys, it's an old, <laughs> it's an old game, okay Tina Turner, but this is a game that is really my only first person shooter, my only f p s game on the whole thing, and it is my favorite f p s because I've literally never been beaten while I was playing it, and the the rules were basically. If you're going to play this game with me, you cannot be odd job because odd job is short and that's <laughs> oh. cheating and it's not allowed. Yep. Da, 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 there you da, go. Da, da, da. Golden Eye <laughs> 007 guys. It is it is incredible. Classic. I mean, can you guys remember like the first time you played with friends? I was on the swim team and we were traveling down to Tucson. Yeah, I was on the swim team for 1 year by the way. There are pictures on the internet somewhere of me with a buzzed head like picked completely bald. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> I actually was. I I was hoping. Hey, to take what's Tom wrong with Hull. bald guys? I mean, moving on. Um, so we're you not know, just um, no, but but the, but the, the fact that we were playing a shooter game and it was one of the first ones you ever had where you had four people playing on the same TV. and You're like, don't look at my screen. Stop looking at my screen. I remember always thinking I wanted to have like separate TVs, which is now normal. Like now, you know. Online co-op is just the norm now. In fact, it's hard to find a couch co-op or a couch shooter where you play together and maybe play against each other. But I just the, the memories of this game are incredible. It hasn't aged. It hasn't aged very well because you know you have no z-axis. You can't look up and down. You're just side to side. Um, but absolutely a great game. One of my all-time favorites. Fun shooter with friends. And hey, a shooter made my list, guys. So there's hope. You just used up all your good shooter skills on that one game, is what it is. Right? <laughs> yeah. All the eggs in yeah. one basket. Dude, Goldeneye Goldeneye is it's iconic. It really like for people that played it back in the day, there's a reason that this game is on a lot of top ten lists. It was the pinnacle of multiplayer for a little while. Like I, I can't I can there were hundreds of nights where I would be at my buddy's house play, like a bunch of us playing Goldeneye together. You know, it what's really funny is you mentioned the four player split screen. But people nowadays assume like, oh well, that's on like a fifty-five inch TV. Like, no, no, this was on a twenty-seven inch TV if you were lucky. You know, Curbed, and if you were even at, flat. If you were at your friend's yeah. house, it more likely it was a nineteen inch screen that split four ways. So <laughs> oh yeah, dude, and just... and every character like half of their face was a pixel, and the pixels yeah. were huge. You know it, yeah, it yeah. Was... But man, such a great choice, dude. Goldeneye. The other thing is everybody talks about the multiplayer in Goldeneye, but Goldeneye had an absolutely phenomenal single player
0: campaign too. Oh, good point. I remember going through it so many times. I because it was basically scene for scene the movie Goldeneye, which I absolutely loved. So being able to actually play it inside the game was pretty incredible. Yeah. And uh, I don't know about you guys. One of my favorite things about Gold Goldeneye is where every house had... The one broken 64 controller, uh, or the generic that, like, one, the like the <laughs> like Mad the, Cats, the knockoff <laughs> one that nobody that wanted to hold. Yes. Yeah, yes. <laughs> or if, if you and lost, couldn't...
1: you'd complain and blame it on the controller. Yep.
0: <laughs> yes, it's only because I had the Mad Cats. Yeah, because you get like you could slightly turn right, but not very well, yep. <laughs> and you'd always give that to your friends. Oh yeah. man! Now, uh, uh, I do not have Golden Eye in my top ten. That's Josh, is this wrong. one of yours? On, it on was. Your list? It
1: was my number seven. So Number that's seven. the one that I had okay. to skip up uh, because Michael did have it in his top. But great, great pick, dude. Such a good game. I, Like you said, I don't think it would hold up to this day and age. But back then, man, oh, boy, were, was it a good time. Yeah. I just remember how hard it was to play. It's uh, funny you mentioned the single player campaign mode. Like that when you're fighting Alec Trevelyan, 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 yeah. That guy. Uh, Sean Bean. Heck yeah. Oh, a couple of Sean Beans on my list. No spoilers. Um, he was 006, I believe. 00, yeah, that, he was 006, one? I think. Which, how many 006s have there been in the history of James Bond movies? But <laughs> uh, but that part was so hard. And I remember one of my favorite pieces about that game was you had to beat that on a hard mode, I think it was, to unlock the other James Bonds to play. Um, so you could play like as Roger Moore or Timothy Dalton or Pierce Brosnan. Uh Sean Connery, I'm not listing George Lazenby. Just did it. Sorry, guys. Um, but you could do it in multiplayer mode if you did that. And I remember having to beat that level. Like it, it took me a month to beat that level in hard mode. It was so hard. And I should have just done the game cheating like everyone else and just cheated, but it didn't. So
0: <laughs> oh goodness. Good, good pick. Gotta love Goldeneye. Some of my fondest memories is the Goldeneye and the Perfect Dark phase, where it was like just hanging out as teenagers with friends, just playing multiplayer. Day in and day out, what what a time oh, in yeah. life! Yep, nothing beats it. All right, Josh, we are up to your number two. What I, do you got?
1: In the interest of time, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this game is amazing. It is God of War. For <laughs> anybody that wants to know, my deepest hearts. The thoughts, deepest heart's thoughts, deepest heart desires. Well, hard, no, hard. no, I don't know where I was going with <laughs> My that. Heart's deepest anyway, thoughts. yes, uh, sure. That's a- just just we'll just fold it any way you want to. That. Yeah, just, just, just fold it any way you want to. God of War checks literally every box for me personally for what I would want in a video game. Amazing story, amazing combat, RPG elements, um, incredible graphics. I mean, we could go on and on, but. It, You're going to get an incredible deep dive episode (laughs) next week on God of War because we, Paul and I actually deep, dive that deep dove that episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before Michael uh was with us uh, as a permanent host so you will get Paul and I deep diving God of War next week on that so I'll just it, I'll just save it for that episode but it's my number 2 overall game so if you're listening in chronological order you're not actually listening in chronological order and Josh has not actually fired me 27 and a half minutes ago when he said he was they recorded it before Uh, Yeah, there's a valid reason that you're not on that next episode. (laughs) I played a little bit. I'm like four hours into it, but I definitely don't even understand enough about, you know, like the story I'm sure is amazing. You got to start from the beginning, start from the
0: beginning and play it because it's incredible. Yeah. And uh, God of War is my number nine. I feel like that's a little bit of a spoiler alert for our deep dive, but I think you guys know where Josh and I both land on God of War. Um, I think it's just going to be. A love fest. (laughs) (laughs) You hate it, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a terrible game. (laughs) Such a good game, man. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Like Josh said, we'll save all those details for uh, the deep dive that you'll hear next Monday. All right. So we are up to my number two. My number two is Red Dead Redemption 2. And I have said it would be very hard for me to choose my favorite game between one of the Mass Effects and Red Dead 2. I love everything that Red Dead 2 does. I think it might be like the most ambitious game of all time. I think it costs something uh, along the lines of, you know, uh, like $300 million to make. Wow. Like it's just wild. All the detail that they put into red dead, but everything from all the character interactions, the voice work, Arthur Morgan, one of my all time favorite characters. I mean, what's not to love about red dead. It, it it just so clearly accomplishes so much. You could play just that one game As a hunting simulator, and I feel like you could squeeze 20 hours out of that game, or you can play it and not go hunting once. There's just so much to do in it. I absolutely love Red Dead. I I think you've both at least played it a little bit. But what a fun game!
1: I feel like I've got 200 hours in that game, and I feel like I'm not even halfway through the main story because I've done so many other things that distract me. It's like <laughs> what Josh was talking about earlier with Grand Theft Auto. I just start yep. looking around and doing things, like running around, and hey, there's a bear symbol up there. I must have some bear boss to go shoot or something, or go find <laughs> it, or you know. It. I absolutely love it. It's it's. Uh, It's funny because that's my number seven on my list. And I I didn't want to pick multiple Rockstar games. So I had to decide between like the GTA series or Red Dead 1 and 2. I mean, well, it wasn't really hard because Red Dead 1 is amazing, but Red Dead 2 clearly takes the cake. It's It's, better. it's much better. Yeah. But I mean, even just the simple things about like how Arthur's swagger is when he walks, just the detail of the game that I just absolutely love. It's a great game. You can tell the love that went into red dead redemption Two. It's the way that a game should be developed. And I get that. Not every developer has $300 million to put into a game, but there's so much attention to detail in red dead redemption Two. I we're playing it. We're going to be deep diving it uh, in a future episode. I, it, I, In my second play, and I'm not that far in it yet, I'm noticing things that I've never noticed before. And it's just, it's mind-blowing
0: the love that they put into this game, and it shows completely. Yeah, one thing that Red Dead kind of ruined other games for me is walking in snow. Like, in these games, they tend to, like, kind of walk around, and you might just see, like, all of a sudden there's, like, a track behind someone. In Red Dead, you actually see every foot press into the ground you see what happens with the snow you can see everywhere that you've walked because it's all there and it slowly changes because it continues snowing and it'll fill in your footprints i mean all the detail that's put into that game is really just second to none it adds up though you may not even notice it but it's that
1: experience it just heightens everything because of the little details it is a living world and you feel like you are actually living in that world when you're playing i completely agree
0: yeah so yeah, that that's my number 2. And so now we are in the final Whoa. round, guys. Number we got our number ones. ones. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so Michael, you get to go first, buddy. What you got coming in number 1? Uh it sounds like such a simple phrase, doesn't it? Hey. Hey.
1: Hey. Aren't you the one <laughs> they call the hero of Kevach? <laughs> This is definitely your catchphrase. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) Catchphrase! Yeah, absolutely. It's Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. Far and Away will probably always be my favorite, number one. Um, I think I've got about 400 hours in this game, which is ironic because back then I thought 400 hours was the most I'd put into any game ever. Yeah. and now, of course, I've got 828 hours in Elite Dangerous, and I feel like I'm barely scratching the surface of that game. <laughs> <laughs> barely scratching the surface with that. But, uh, but I, it's just, everything about it is amazing. One of my favorite things, it's funny that you talked about it, Paul, just now, was the world around it, the world building is... I, I love the fact that in Oblivion... Like, everything around you reacts to you, and I think that's what separates it from Skyrim. It was really hard to select which Elder Scrolls, uh, because I also thought about Morrowind, because I liked Morrowind, but um, I just think Oblivion just took the kick. I actually played Morrowind after I played Oblivion, but the fact that you're walking around, and you hear someone, you know, like, uh, it's kind of like Lost Ark does the same exact thing, where you're walking by, and someone's like, Mommy! Mommy! he's the one that was the tournament champion or something like that. And you're like, that that's me. I did that. It makes you feel like you're actually a part of that world. Um, and also there was more than just snow. That's one of my only gripes about Skyrim is that like in Olivian, you have Bruma, which has the snow. You've got desert area. You've got trees and forests. It feels like more of, you know, there's a lot more biomes and stuff. I don't know if I use that word biomes correctly right now. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure if that word what is what I think it means, but um, love that game. And yes, for about five years my friends said that I was not allowed to say that phrase about yeah. <laughs> being the hero of Kovach, because I would just I would just say it. Yep. I, I was probably playing Goldeneye at one point, like later on, way later, and I'd win the tournament and just be like
0: the hero of Kovach. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> well, and you got some incredible voice acting. You know, Patrick Stewart doesn't last very long, but he's there to guide you in the beginning.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. Oh, Sir Patrick Stewart's in there. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, Sean Bean, and he lives longer than Sir Patrick Stewart, which I think like that's obviously a tip of the hat or or something on on Sean Bean's crown that he outlives Patrick Stewart in something. um, But no, no, absolutely. It's one of my first games that I really played that really had that voice acting, too, that I remember of like, is that? I didn't there was no IMDb when it came. I don't think IMDb it's Captain was out Picard. yet. Yeah, I'm like is that Patrick Stewart? <laughs> That's Captain Picard, you know? And it just the, the game blew my mind. I loved it from the very beginning and I I don't know. I you know it's one of those one of those games that I hope someday it's beaten, but if it is beaten, it's going to be a game that just is the best game ever made. Period. I, so. I struggled, man, because I absolutely adore the Elder Scrolls games. And like Skyrim, Oblivion, and even way back in Morrowind and Prior to that, Daggerfall, you know, if we're going way, way back, you know, um, they're they're incredible games. I really struggled with putting, because I like Skyrim a little bit better than Oblivion, but I mean, they're so close. They're practically interchangeable for me, but that was another one that it was like, this has to be in my top 10 list, but then I would find other games and go man, I played this game more or I have fonder memories of this game or something like that. But it's like, I don't think anybody would ever question uh, Oblivion or Skyrim being on a top 10 list because they're just that incredible. No, I think so. And, And if anyone who's listening hasn't played it, pick it up play it, but I would suggest playing it on PC and uh definitely mod it because there, you know there there's a big project in Skyrim going on right now. It's called Sky Oblivion and there's like three hundred different mod developers that are actually putting Oblivion in the Skyrim engine, but the game actually has aged surprisingly poorly considering it's not that old and considering Bethesda puts a lot of money into their games. Um, But I would definitely say mod some of the textures and just make the cosmetics look a little bit better because especially the character noses, I just can't get over it. The noses, what's (laughs) up with the noses?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you got to love Oblivion. It was always my favorite of the Elder Scrolls games, so I'm totally with you putting it above Skyrim, although they're obviously both great. All right, Josh, we're up to your number one. Oh, this is the moment the people
1: have been waiting for. What game is Josh's number one?
0: I am going to disappoint the younger crowd. (laughs) You sure are. (laughs) You, You probably have not played this game unless you're... At oh, least 34,
1: 34-ish, somewhere maybe. around there. Yeah. yeah so I'm going to try not to monologue or gush too much because I could <laughs> legitimately talk about this game for, I, I feel like, weeks. But it is, to me, the it is the game that I have the most playtime in. It is the game that I have the most fondest memories of. It is the game that I have not ever re like. I've been chasing the feeling that this game instilled in me when I was playing it ever since playing it. And I don't know that I'll ever recapture that, but it is a game called EverQuest. People have heard me mention this before. I know, Michael, I know you're a huge fan of EverQuest. Paul is making a face already because (laughs) he is like, ah, yeah. It's just, you know, EverQuest was the grandest game that I ever played. It's honestly, probably to this day, it's probably still one of the like the grandest MMOs out there it is still alive somehow I don't know that that's a good thing um, it's a and great thing. I will say this I will say this I don't know that EverQuest has aged very well I'm not saying that EverQuest is currently a top ten video game but for what it was back in the day it was absolutely groundbreaking you could do anything and everything you could live your life in that game which is exactly what I did uh, I mean I feel like I probably have five thousand hours in everQuest. The rating was absolutely incredible. The friendships that you would form in that game were i I still remember my guildmates' names you know that that I played that game with, and it, it's just it's hard to translate. I know a lot of people had World of Warcraft and if World of Warcraft was your first MMO, that feeling that you got from that is what everQuest was like for me. Um, and, and maybe a lot of people with different MMOs, but it's, I had to look at like what game resonates with me the absolute most in my gaming history. And I have to give it to EverQuest, man, because there's no other game that's ever been like that to me. I know that I accused EverQuest or World of Warcraft of being EverQuest light when we did the RPG back the day. Well, it is. That's a the fair day. accusation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because quest it was brutal to you. Like, it was not a good partner. It was not a good friend. It was not your pal. If you died... Like, I spent 18 hours in a corpse run one time. Because if you die, you lose experience. So I had to get a cleric to resurrect me, so I got my experience back. I had to have a monk go drag my body from in front of this dragon, because they can feign death. They drag the body a little bit. They pretend they're dead. Dragon walks away. They drag the body some more. Dragon's like, go stomp that. Um, I had to get a druid or, or a wizard to teleport me there and all these people who were doing these services for me and I had to pay them all in-game money. Yeah. But one thing that you hit on, though, that absolutely makes this – like it's my number five on my list and I feel like it's a sin, but one thing you mentioned was the friends and the family and the things you did. I literally went on a road trip in 2001. It was October of 2001. I remember the date because there was there was a lot of talk of, of 9-11 at the time. It was right after that. And so I'll never forget like the feeling of – like traveling and the uncertainty in the world. But I had this uncertainty with my friends that I'd never met in real life. We stayed with people in Oregon, Washington, and Boise, Idaho that were only (laughs) friends in my guild.
0: But you hit it off
1: right away. Did you not? Oh, we were friends for years. These complete strangers that you've never met. I guarantee you showed up and you guys were like, oh my goodness. And you're instant friends. And that's what these games did, man. It was hard not to call like Mark.
0: It was hard yes. to call
1: him Mark. I wanted to call him Connie and Grumpy because that was his character right. names. And then Matt was uh <laughs> was his character's name. He was a paladin, like, you know, like in Cash and like all these guys, Is like we just know him by their character. I don't know what their names are in real life. We met him like, hey, I'm Mark, and I'm like, that's weird. Yeah, I'm just dude. gonna call you your character <laughs> yeah. name. <laughs> yeah. You play yeah. a female character, so your name's Connie. Right. <laughs> yep. So I feel like Paul missed out a little bit because and we troll because it is, you know, World of War World
0: of Warcraft is EverQuest Light. But I, everything that you're describing is awful. And you guys admit great. that those things no, were right. terrible. It was great at the, the way time. Your, yeah. No, it yeah. was the not. Way your it heart, really was The way your heart you pounded when you
1: were about to die, it gave you a feeling. In World of <laughs> Warcraft, I'm like, oh, hey, guys, wipe the raid. You would never wipe a raid in no. like Because no. you're like, no, 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 no. We have to win. The Statue of Rios Zek is currently the hardest boss in the game. And we have to beat him because if we die, we might not be able to kill him because we're going to lose a level and we won't be able to knock him down.
0: Well, here's the thing. I know that we look for different things in games, that's but true. if you die and have to spend 18 hours getting your body back, I want nothing to do with it. I don't want it. anything Give to do wow with that now. every day of the week. That's
1: yeah, yeah, what I'm saying. I couldn't handle that now, you know? But, man, back in the day, the stories that you would get, it's I think it's you just, have some Stockholm Syndrome. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Maybe. You just really but tried not to die.
1: It, I, I, I had to be true to myself man I was like, "This has got to be my number one."
0: Yeah. yeah, the first experience with an MMO really is incredible. I wonder if we have a crop of people who are experiencing that right now with Lost Ark, since there hasn't so. been like a really so, great MMO in a while. With you, yeah. like
1: I, I do hope for that, and Lost Ark could be that. To be honest, I think for I, a I'm lot of
0: people,
1: blown away. That by are like
0: it. ten, yeah, people who are like ten to sixteen. This very well could be the first MMO that they've played, and maybe it'll hold that special place in their hearts, being the first. But, yeah, for you guys, it was EverQuest. For me, it was World of Warcraft. I totally get it. I really appreciated the quality of life uh, improvements for (laughs) WoW. I never played EverQuest, but I I totally understand why you would have it on the list. All right. So I think we are up to our very last final selection here. It's my number one. It is not on either of your guys' lists, because your lists are now complete. Uh, for my number one, I obviously had to go with the Mass Effect series. It was going to come down to whether I was going to pick one or two. I did not want my list to be nothing but like three Mass Effect games, three Dragon Age games, and a bunch of GTA yeah. games. <laughs> would it have been, I, 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 wanted, <laughs> I wanted to have some variety. So I'm going to go with Mass Effect 2. I have said on previous episodes, it might just be the best game ever, full stop. I believe I said that when we did our Games in Space draft. But as much as I love Mass Effect 1, I think Mass Effect 1 probably has the best music, and I really love the atmosphere. But it really is just like setting up the dominoes of the story. What really makes Mass Effect stand out compared to other series is that normally with new installments, uh. Game developers do not want to to alienate new buyers. They want the game to be like a fresh reset with a new character. That's why when you play Dragon Age, every Dragon Age has a different main character. It's not continuing a single story. Mass Effect, you are playing the story of Commander Shepard and the Reapers from beginning to end over the course of three games. It's very similar to like Lord of the Rings in that regard. And Mass Effect 2 is the one that just does... uh, everything really well i think mass effect one might be my favorite story but it's the worst gameplay mass effect three uh definitely has the worst story but mass effect two does both excellently so i'm gonna pick mass effect two it's got some of my all-time favorite characters i love Shepard. i love morden and colonel sam Shepard, right goodness (laughs)
1: goodness <laughs> yeah that's... michael
0: uh, michael just recently started playing mass effect i was at his house when he created his character yes, and I he did him, in i fact. had come over because i'm like paul yes. there's a lot of choices come tell me the choices <laughs> to make please <laughs> oh goodness all right well i will say that uh, taking a look at our top tens here guys there's only one game that all three of us had And that's The Witcher 3, which I think really speaks to how fondly people think of that game. It seems like if you have finished The Witcher 3, it's more than likely going to be in your top 10 of all time. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's all that we have here for today. This was an incredibly long episode. I hope that you guys enjoyed it. I hope that you feel like you get to know me, Josh, and Michael a little bit better, knowing what our individual top 10s are. I think one of the really cool things is that Michael is going to be taking over our social media accounts. Absolutely. That's right, Paul. So, uh, socials are going to become a huge
1: part of the future. So, follow us everywhere you do your socials at Multiplayer Pod. And here's what I'm going to do I'm going to take these lists and I'm going to put them on there so you guys can like vote on who you think had the best list. But I mean, you know, everyone knows it was obviously me. Just like in the space episode, the best space games, everybody in the community, which is awesome. Thank you, community people, because you guys are incredible. Um, but the whole community was like, Michael's obviously picked the best space games. He lost on this show, number three on this show, probably, but number one in our hearts. And now you have a chance to actually, like, totally engage with us and vote on which one you thought was the best list, starting with this list here. So, again, socials at multiplayer pod everywhere you follow your socials, and we 'll talk to you
0: come tell us what your top tens are, so you know feel free to message us on socials. feel free to come join us on discord there's a link in the episode description. We would love to hear from our listeners what your top tens are. It might also give us some ideas of some games that we do do want to pop in and play, so uh, I think that's it for today. I think this might be our longest episode ever. I don't know. I think it might come close to our upcoming God of War episode. I think you guys are getting two very long episodes back to back. But you know what? The podcast is free. So hopefully you just love having all that extra content. Uh, That's it, guys. We're done for today. We're going to have our next episode on Thursday, which, as always, is This Week in Gaming. Can't wait to get back together with you guys. We'll have Michael for the first time for a Twig episode yeah and uh that's it happy gaming everybody we'll see you all on thursday
1: all right we're out of here (laughs) see everybody